welcome back to the God's Vibes podcast. We're going to talk about fear today. Yes, we are. We're going to come at it from a few different angles because fear is a spirit, but it is not from God. And it's actually a spirit that the enemy loves to deploy as part of his standard three-part agenda to kill, steal, and destroy in your life. And often what we do when it comes to fear is we try to manage it. We give it a lot of space and place in our life instead of annihilating it, meaning we don't give it any place or space to be activated, to be effective in our life. But this is something that you need to become skilled in. And unless you know you're doing this, then you don't know how to overcome fear. You don't want to manage it. You want to rebuke it. You want to renounce it. You want to annihilate it from your life. It was not sent by God, which means you do not want to partner with it at all. But that does mean that you've got to do something different. So we're going to talk about that today because it's something that is often normalized in the world that of course you have fear. Of course you have every reason to play small and hold back. Of course you're going to feel that way. Let's let's talk about it some more and give it more airtime, right? That's normalized. <laughs> Instead of getting it out of the way and helping you be strong and very courageous in your life. Because what happens with fear is we try to play it safe. We settle for safe. And when we try to make safety our God, we live life stuck in fear and worship a powerless God. Instead of following the command to be strong and very courageous, which we're told multiple times over in the word of God to do, okay? We are called to be strong and courageous. And there's a reason that that is said so explicitly in the word of God, because there's going to be every reason to fear. Okay. So I had shared before, when you are given a word for the year, a guiding principle of some kind, right? Then often that becomes a battle strategy because your circumstances more than likely won't look like that word that you've been given. An example I've given is I've received previously the word joy. And I'm like, yes, this is going to be a year full of so much joy. It's going to be so fun. And I'm like super amped about it. That was when I was naive and not hip to how this works. (laughs) So I was expecting a lot of joyful experiences, a lot of reasons to be joyful. However, When you're given a word from God as a battle strategy, what that means is there's going to be many reasons to not be joyful. There's going to be many things that challenge you to lose your joy, to allow the enemy to steal your joy. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for that to happen because how else do you build joy. (laughs) The joy of the Lord is your strength, but you often don't activate that and build it and cultivate it unless you're being challenged to do so. So that actually was an entire year of having a lot of unjoyful things happen where I was trained to choose joy and become strong in the midst of them. Okay? So 
often we are told to be strong and courageous. So courage (laughs) might be a word for you. This is something that we activate all of the time in Courage Co. It's all about activating your most courageous and impactful story. It is a free community, www.courageco.org. We actually have a free challenge on Wednesday. It is called Activate Courage. So get in Courage Co., get in there. But courage is a word which means if you were given that as a word for the year, and I know some of the folks in Courage Code do have this as their word, so this applies to you. If you're given courage as your word, what that means is there's going to be many reasons to be afraid. (laughs) There's going to be many opportunities to partner with and engage in fear. However, instead, you choose courage. You choose courage. And that looks like doing the opposite moving the opposite of how fear would move, okay? So fear is not fancy. It is not fancy. It causes us to freeze. It causes us to fight the wrong battles. And it really, in a lot of ways, causes us to be ineffective, okay? So I am going to, for this episode, talk about fear, anxiety, and worry in one bucket, okay? There, fear is, let's say, an umbrella term that encompasses anxiety, which I say is future tripping, which is looking at the future without God in it, (laughs) or you have to play God and control and micromanage everything, right? And then worry is ruminating on the wrong things, on the worst case scenarios, on things falling apart versus faith right? And focusing on what is true. All right. So here are a few things to think about when it comes to fear, just so that you can develop really this first skill of self-mastery, which is awareness. Okay. If you don't have any awareness, you can't change something you don't know, right? You've got to be able to see it. You got to be able to recognize it in order to do something about it. Okay. So you can't fix what you won't face, but you can't face what you don't know, okay? So we, we need some awareness. That's one of the first steps in self-mastery. And what we do a lot over here is we turn our, I like to call it a self-sabotage cocktail. <laughs> we all have our own unique way of sabotaging ourselves, our relationships, our destiny, our future. We have our unique way of, of going about that, that has roots that are in unworthiness, abandonment, fear, rejection, insecurity, childhood trauma in wounds, father wounds, mother wounds, right? There's so many things in our lives that create this unique self-sabotage cocktail that holds us back throughout our own lives that makes it seem normal, right? Like it just seems like, oh, everybody just deals with that. That's just normal, right? But no, it's not. (laughs) So here we move you by grace through faith, right? Through courage, faith, and self-mastery to a position of power, to a place where you own who you are. You operate in your authority. You actually move in the world as you're designed to. You create what only you can with God. You partner with God in every area of your life and you get God-sized results in your life, okay? So fear is often a form of self-sabotage, okay? This is something to take very seriously. But here's what can happen. Fear turns your what-ifs 
into certainties, okay? So when we think about what-if scenarios, a lot of times we're not playing them out in the positive, we're playing them out in the negative. What if this happens, and then if this happens, then this is gonna happen, and if that happens, then this is gonna happen, and we like freak out, right? I also love, side note, something that I, when I'm coaching with folks, I have them do this. It's like a rampage of what-if upping, okay? <laughs> But it's flipping this what if process on its head. So instead of all these what if worst case scenarios, the objective is to keep what if upping. So you have a what if God helps me do this and guides me to this and that, right? Like you just keep what if upping, you keep upping your what if in the positive from a place of faith. And it does something to help build your faith. You're welcome. Okay, so fear turns your what ifs into certainties. Fear, we know, is a liar. We've heard that it is false evidence appearing real. That might be a term that you give it. It often can enslave us to things, right? You've heard that song, I'm no longer a slave to fear. Literally, right? I'd rather, if you're going to be a slave to something, I'd rather be one to God versus the world, to other idols, to fear, right? Who's your master? Do you want fear to be your master is another way to look at this, okay? So fear, what the enemy loves to do is he loves to give you a fearful thought that then turns into all of these fearful emotions, worry, anxiety, ugh, you know, we start to feel it in our being. And then that debilitates us, meaning we freeze, we don't take action, okay? It speaks over us so convincingly that we believe something terrible is going to happen, okay? Even in the absence, like we have zero evidence. So in the absence of evidence, we're so convinced that something bad is going to happen, okay? So it turns our what-ifs into certainties, freezing our faith and flipping our world upside down. Not fun. And fear is one of the most effective tools of the enemy, Okay, and that's why we're told to fear not, to be strong and very courageous because, of course, we're going to be faced with fearful conditions or circumstances in our life, but we have a new objective in the midst of those circumstances and conditions, okay? Fear also causes you to doubt God. Yes, John 10.10 says the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's his three-part agenda. He's a thief. I call him a punk, right? He's like a little kid having a temper tantrum all the time, okay? But what does he come to kill, steal, and destroy? Have you ever asked yourself that? He comes to still kill, steal, kill, and destroy our love of God, our peace, our happiness, our joy, and our trust in God's love and his goodness and his promises, right? The enemy's objective is literally to replace God on the throne. He wants to sit where God is seated, okay? And when he causes us to fear, we give our power to him. We doubt God and believe the lies, believe the fear, okay? If you've listened to any other episode, you probably heard me say, I cannot afford to have a thought in my mind that God doesn't think about me. Literally can't afford it. That means I'm going to do something about it. I'm not going to, you know, beat myself up for thoughts going in there. That's just what happens in the human brain. But 
I know I can't afford to have a thought in my mind that God doesn't think about me. Okay, so when the enemy causes us to fear, we doubt God and believe the fear. We fall into unbelief. We fall into doubt. And when we doubt God, we also doubt ourselves, right? When we believe fear, we're believing the enemy. According to John 8, 44, the enemy is the author of lies. And when we believe him, we partner with him. Fear also keeps you focused on yourself. We are meant to grow and to become people that God created us to be, to continually be moving forward in our faith, to be evolving. And we are a work in progress, right? Nobody is perfect as we're walking out our salvation, as we're working out the potential that God put on the inside of us, this hidden treasure in earthen vessels, right? Fear tells us we must live a certain way or we'll be judged, rejected, possibly abandoned altogether, right? So our focus is continually on ourselves and protecting ourselves. And for most of us, fear causes us to beat ourselves up over every little thing. It's like having this bully in your brain, okay? And when we believe fear, it keeps us from living authentic lives Lives that are meant to be a testimony of what's possible with God, his grace, and his goodness. And lastly, fear keeps you from enjoying your life. (laughs) You probably inherently know this by firsthand experience, but it's so easy to hold tightly onto things that are dear to us. Our homes, our jobs, our marriages, our kids. Surrender is not an easy thing. And when we trust God and trust his love and mercy for us, surrender gets easier, but our human nature is to want what we want. And fear tells us to hold on for dear life to the things that are dear to us. I call it white knuckling. You're like gripping it and sucking the life out of it, right? But believing this keeps us from enjoying life because we're so busy trying to control everything, okay? (laughs) So I just want you to consider a few things. Just do a little, you know, self-awareness check here. Does your world ever feel flipped upside down? Think about it. Noodle that for a second. Do you ever doubt God? Do you worry what people would think if they knew the details of your quote-unquote real life? Do you feel the need to control things in your life, especially your family, your finances, your kids? If you answered yes to any of these, you are in good company. Also a great reason to get plugged into Courage Go. www.courageco.org. Free community. This Wednesday, actually, we have not only the Activate Courage Masterclass, but also a prayer call. Get plugged in, okay? But if you have said yes to any of these questions, it means you're human. You're a human. We all share the need to feel loved, accepted, and safe. And even though we don't really talk about this with our friends, our family, whomever, most of us do 
struggle, wrestle with, get stuck in fear, anxiety, and worry. And we're so blind to our fear that we don't even use the word fear. We say, I'm worried about, I'm stressed over, when actually it's fear. (laughs) Fear is so scary that we don't even like to say the word. But while it's human to feel fear, you don't have to tolerate it. You do not have to let it overwhelm you or hold you back. Remember, fear freezes our faith, but when we fight, our faith frees us from fear. So we haven't learned how to fight against the things that we're afraid of. We just deny it, ignore it, run from it, right? And that gets us stuck even deeper in it. Weird, right? So I want to highlight now what we're going to call the bad bees, okay? The bad bees. (laughs) And these are unconscious. We're not awake to them. They're happening in our subconscious coping strategies for fear. The five bad bees, all right? Number one, busy. Yeah, the busy bee, okay? This one, when we feel anxious, all right? When we are, you know, future tripping, we're getting a little anxious about the future. A coping strategy that we've normalized is to stay busy and distract ourselves from our worries, right? If I just, you know, chalk load my schedule with something from the minute I wake up till I hit the pillow at night, then I don't have to worry. I'll just stay busy. But when we do this, it is something that holds us back. It actually keeps us in the same place. Making ourselves busy is one of the most common and dangerous coping mechanisms we use to avoid the things in our lives that stress us out, okay? So that might sound like your marriage is a struggle, so you immerse yourself in the busyness of raising children to avoid facing the problems. That might look like you're a volunteer of all the good causes as a way to cover the guilt of neglecting other responsibilities that stress you out. Or you overfocus on small, accomplishable tasks rather than facing and tackling the looming big stuff. Why address those worries at work when there's kids' socks that need to be matched and laundry that needs to be done and other people that have problems that you can coach them through, right? Why even worry about what's going up, what's going on and what's coming up with you, okay? Here's the thing. The more we worry, give in to fear, or think negatively about ourselves, the busier we get. Be on to yourself here. We're driven to do more, to be more, in order to prevent whatever it is that we're worried about. The devil, here's the thing, there's an adage about this. It goes like this, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. Yeah, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you busy. So when you find yourself getting busier and busier, stop and ask yourself, what is driving all of this busyness? You'll likely find that the root is fear. Okay, I for sure subscribe to this B, all right? (laughs) I was one of the busiest people I know. I was definitely not the happiest person I knew, but I was one of the busiest, and I thought that that was success. 
that made me successful. I thought that that's just, you know, how you human. However, I was miserable and I found out when I was able to finally be still, which took a long time for me, when I finally started cultivating stillness in my life as a practice, it did not come easy, so I had to make it a practice, okay? When I started to do that, I started to realize that I was trying to run from everything happening on the inside of me, from fears from doubts, from insecurity, from unworthiness, from betrayals, from trauma, from abandonment, from hurts, right? I didn't want to feel any of that. I didn't want to figure out what that was. I just felt like it was probably bad and I shouldn't even look at it. I'll just stay busy instead, right? But I didn't recognize that that was only prolonging the inevitable and it was holding me back and it was making it a much harder journey for me. Freedom was in facing the fears, but I was refusing to do that by staying busy. Okay? Be on to yourself. Number two. Number two, bad B. Okay? Second bad B. Blame. The blame game is never good. Never, never good. Right? When you find yourself in blame, you have stepped out of your power and authority. You are out of alignment. Okay? Now, let's talk about this before you get upset about it, okay? So, blaming others (laughs) when we feel anxious or worried is a common coping mechanism. It's It's as if our brain is saying, I can't handle feeling this way, and I need to take it out on someone else. (laughs) Has this ever happened to you? And so we shift our focus to others instead of focusing on the problem at hand. Well, if you would just, well, you did this and that's why this, right? And we like make it a thing, okay? And this is exactly what we do when we're afraid. And if you find yourself blaming others, you might be using blame to overcome your worry, okay? So when we are anxious, when we are afraid, we often start blaming others for that feeling, Again, this is not logical. This is emotional. It doesn't make sense. But you just got to recognize when you're doing this, you are in fear, right? Love doesn't have to blame anybody. Faith doesn't blame anybody. This is a fear-based thing. So if you know the root, you can understand the fruit. Number three, another fun bad B. Number three bad B is binge, binging. Binging is the act of doing something to excess, okay? So this is overeating, excessive eating. This is excessive exercising, excessive drinking, shopping, any other, you know, there's a number of acts of binging. And another really common one is binge watching TV, okay? But the danger with this very common way of coping with our fear and stress is that you're not only overindulging in something to avoid your anxiety, but you're also ignoring your life, okay? And when you ignore your life, or even when you numb your life, okay? And this is what we're doing in overeating, in drinking, and just numbing out to TV. When we're avoiding our life, it doesn't change anything. We just waste time. And your time is your most valuable asset. Who do you think is behind that? The enemy of your soul, 100%. 
okay? And research actually shows that binging on TV for hours and hours a day makes us feel more stressed, anxious, and depressed. Huh, check that out. Add social media to that mix, right? And if we have habits in our lives that are directly related to stressful situations in our lives, and they're not renewing us, they're not restoring us, then we need to recognize those choices as warning signs of unaddressed fear. You do not want to have a life that you are numbing, that you are running from, that is just saturated in fear. That does not have to be your life or reality. Many have accepted this, but you don't have to, okay? Number four, bad B, is bury. Bury. We bury our feelings in three primary ways. Through denial, procrastination, and avoidance. And often, these three ways become intertwined with each other. Okay, they're just like a really weird, not figure eight, but you get the idea. They're all connected. So denial is pretending that something just doesn't exist, (laughs) right? It didn't happen. We'll just ignore it. And a lot of people do this because of fear of being exposed, fear of owning up to their bad behavior, fear of being seen as somebody that doesn't have it all together, okay? If it's not real or we can convince ourselves that it isn't real, then we don't have to deal with it. So (laughs) I know in serving in the recovery space for a long time, for many years, this is one of the things that keeps people in recovery. This is one of the things that prevents you from accessing the freedom that is yours. Denial, okay? As you might guess, when you're in denial, your life stays in the exact same place. Not fancy. Procrastination. Procrastination is an excellent way to bury things in your life, okay? If you admit that you have a fear but put off dealing with it, you're probably burying some worry that needs to be faced. This is one of the reasons that coaching is so valuable because it is a great space that you choose to invest in, choose to put into your life to work out what is going on in your soul. So much of life is happening internally. So much in life is invisible. It's not just what we see, which is what the world focuses on. So much of your life is affected by what's happening inside of you. Everything that you see outside of you is a mirror of what's happening in you. Yet, few, very few invest in actually doing this deep inner work to change their reality. But once you do, everything changes in radical ways, okay? Avoidance. Sometimes when fear and anxiety loom so large in our life, we just try to avoid it altogether. Just not dealing with this right now, (laughs) right? Not gonna do it, not gonna do it, right? Now, when that happens, you know, we, we don't look at what's happening with our money. We don't address a relationship issue, right? We ignore these things altogether and think that magically they're going to get better. But it often leads to more messes that we still have to clean up. There's consequences to your avoidance. 
burying our fears has this short-term benefit of allowing us to focus on little unimportant things instead of the big things that we need to look at. It allows us to feel in control instead of dealing with situations that scare us or upset us the most. It allows us to remain where we are. (laughs) Complain and remain, right? It allows us to remain where we are rather than doing anything about our reality and taking ownership. And the last bad B over here is brood. So brooding is replaying in our minds what has happened or what could happen over and over again. This is the future tripping that I talk about. It's playing out all these scenarios and just ruminating on them, right? Like you're like stuck in this like loop, like a um, record, right? That has a scratch on it. You're like just literally like looping around your mind over and over and over again. It's often an addiction cycle, okay? The experts call this rumination, all right? And it causes depression and anxiety because what you focus on grows more in your life. Again, another great reason to have a coach in your life to help you understand and give language to, context to what is happening inside of you, what is going on in your brain, why you've been feeling these things. What's been stored up in your heart? How you might approach all of that differently and activate something very different in your life. Rumination means thinking about a specific issue at a great length. In other words, it's overthinking or obsessing about it. Okay? Really, really interesting. When we get stuck doing this, we brood over bad things that happened in the past or potential bad things that could happen in the future, and we can't move on and do what we need to do in life. And the more we brood over something, the worse that we feel. We get stuck in an anxiety loop and end up feeling frozen in fear. And we also don't become very fun humans to be around. Have you ever had a friend that all they do is worry (laughs) and share all of that with you? They're a victim of their reality. They're not a victor, right? This is a habit. It's not something that has to be true for you. It's something that can be challenged, but many have not been trained to do that, okay? Now, (laughs) I want to give you, because again, you are totally human, this is awareness. And I want to highlight some bad bees in the Bible, okay? Just so that you can understand how this plays out and have some context about how to start doing things differently in your life because fear is not something to play with. It's something to annihilate, all right? It is common, but that doesn't make it right. But it is common to avoid battling our fear and instead busy ourselves, blame others, binge away our concerns, bury our worries, or brood until we are an emotional, ineffective mess. Since the beginning of time, we've been using fear to cope, to deal with life in a very unhealthy way, all right? And there's a few Bible mentors, a few friends that have done the same thing, just like us, right? So we're not alone in these struggles. Again, it doesn't make it right or the way to keep dealing with it, but we're not alone in it. So one of them, the busybody. Our girl, Martha, okay? She's the people pleaser and the queen of busy. She lived 
in a fear of letting people down and losing control. And if you remember this story, when Jesus came to visit, she was working feverishly on all the details of a meal. The chicken wasn't going to fry itself. You know, like the house needed to be clean. There were so many things that she was trying to do herself. And eventually, she got mad at her sister Mary for slacking. (laughs) And even tried to have Jesus tell her sister to get to work. Right? She she had a holier-than-thou perspective. And if we aren't careful, fear can keep us so busy that we'll miss out on the incredible moments that God has in store for us. She was so busy, she didn't recognize what was in her home, who was in her home, okay? The next one, the blamer. Hands down, one of my faves, right? Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge and went and hid from God in fear, right? And I don't know what Adam feared. Maybe it was fear of someone seeing him naked. I I don't know. Or maybe it was just the fear that God would be disappointed in him. But the first thing Adam said when he was confronted by God was, it's that woman you gave me, Lord. (laughs) She did it, right? And what I think is so interesting about Adam is that he's hiding in fear of God, but the first person he blames for his predicament is God. You gave me this person. She's the one that messed it all up. This is your fault. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. (laughs) I didn't do it. (laughs) But you did. Just literally eliminating all ownership and responsibility. And if you make a habit of this in your life, you lose control of your entire life. Okay. The binger. The prodigal son suffered from a severe case of FOMO. The fear of missing out. So much that he asked his dad for his inheritance so he could go binge on all that life had to offer. And I can picture a prodigal son living it up, raising his fist in the air and shouting, you only live once, right? But I can also picture that moment when he realized his fear of missing out and binging because of it caused him to miss out on something even more important, the loving presence of his own father, the life that he never even had to go out and find that he already had. The enemy loves to get us distracted like that. The barriers. Okay, there's a couple of barriers that I can highlight for you. There's so many characters in the Bible who denied, procrastinated, and avoided things so they could bury their fear. Here's just a few examples, though. Okay, one, there's Peter, who is so afraid of being arrested and killed that he actually denied he even knew Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. What up, Peter? What's happening, son? Like, what? (laughs) Freaked out, okay? Fear makes you do crazy things. Then, of course, there's Pharaoh, the ultimate procrastinator. He knew he should let the Israelites go. Straight up. He knew to do that. But he was so afraid of losing his power and free labor that he kept putting off the inevitable with catastrophic results. And then, one that we've probably all heard about, Jonah, the avoider, okay? Nahum 3, verses 1 through 4, makes it pretty clear how wicked the people of Nineveh were. Those guys were huge jerks, straight up. But Jonah 
had every reason to be afraid they would attack and kill him if he delivered God's message to them. So he tried to avoid the situation altogether and hopped on a boat to Tarshish. And we all know how that worked out. Got eaten by a whale, had to go back to where he started, made it so much harder than it ever had to be. Okay? And the brooder. When the people in the town started singing that King Saul had killed thousands of men, but David had killed tens of thousands, Saul became obsessed with his fear of losing power and control, and David became the object of his hate. Eventually, however, Saul's brooding and lack of trust in God led to his ultimate downfall. The very things that he was brooding over led to his downfall. Again, (laughs) I don't know about you, but this inspires me to continue to learn from the people that have already made mistakes so that I can accelerate the results that ultimately I'm destined to have in my life. I don't have to fall into the same traps these mentors did. I can learn from them and access very different things, right? I can build on the faith on the lessons of those who've gone before me so I can create a very different reality. And we all have that power. But again, we are not trained. So let this inspire you to keep listening (laughs) to this podcast. But really, genuine ask, if you are not subscribed to this podcast, please do so. Please take a second, pause right now and just subscribe to the podcast while it's still playing. You can subscribe, leave a review, When you do this, not only does that let me know that you're listening and who you are and gives me great insight and joy to know that this podcast is blessing you, but also it causes the podcast to be seen and heard by more people, people who need this message, people who need this encouragement, people who need this upliftment. Please pay it forward, subscribe, share, leave a comment. When you do, I also give you a free gift So make sure that you go to julianapage.com slash podcast to claim that. Thank you. Thank you in advance. Now, there is a better way to show up, okay? There is. We often don't see it. Sadly, many of us haven't seen it modeled, so we don't even know how to do it. But it's so important that you get exposure to new role models. You get access to new training. You keep listening to this podcast. You get plugged into Courage Co., right? You get the resources and the support that you need to make the changes that you know are right for you in your life that resonate deeply with you now. And it will help you go where you're led to go. Okay? So I want to share about this better way. Okay? Martha was up to her elbows in dishwater and disappointment. Adam got kicked out of the garden. Jonah got swallowed by a whale. (laughs) And Saul lost his mind. All because of fear. What does that highlight to you? What does that tell you? Fear is not something to play with. It's not something to give space or place to in your life. It is not something to tolerate. It is something you annihilate. We, as children of God, are given the power to bind and loose things, to rebuke, to renounce things, to release things, right? We can renounce fear. 
we can cancel it. We can rebuke it. And in its place, we can release faith. We can release blessing. We can release favor. We're given this power. And you can do that even just with your words and saying it by faith, right? But we have been given power. We do not have to succumb and become a victim to fear. We don't have to give our power away to the enemy, right? Like these Bible examples, when each of them was confronted by their fear and the toll it had taken on their lives, their moment of truth was devastating, right? So there's often two reasons why people change. One is the pain. The pain is too much. They have to change. And that was true of all of these characters. The other is inspiration, vision, clarity, revelation, prophetic words about what is possible for you. Write the vision plain. Those without vision perish, right? But when you do have a vision, you can be moved by inspiration, not desperation, okay? Had any of them, any of these characters, had any of them humbled themselves before the Lord, he would have lifted them up. Had any of them gone to God first, I imagine their stories would have turned out very, very differently, right? And I think about this all the time, but thank God, God doesn't want us stuck in our own patterns of denial and avoidance. He doesn't want weak kids. He wants powerful kids, right? (laughs) And he who started a good work in you is faithful to complete it. You get to walk it out with him as you partner with him. In fact, he often uses our fearful moments to shake us up and make us turn to him. He doesn't cause all of that, but he makes it work for our good. So then, just like all these other great characters, we have a choice. Will we continue to busy ourselves, blame other people, binge, bury, and brood, right? All in an effort to squelch our fear and pretend we have everything under control. What does that pretending get you would be my question. What does that cost you? actually is another great question. Perhaps some good journaling for you. Or will we turn to God, name our fears, rebuke them, and allow him to help us learn how to activate power, self-control, the fruit of the spirit in our life so we can produce very different results? What will we do? We do have a choice, right? Maybe this episode is the first time this is being highlighted to you, but you don't have to live and engage in all the bad bees, okay? (laughs) So some questions for you. Which of the five bad bees do you use most often to numb your fear? Busy, blame, bury, binge, or brood? Can you think of a time When God opened your eyes to a fear you had and forced you to face it. What happened would be my question. What happened? Right? Often, I have found when we're willing to face our fear, we don't even have to do the thing that we're afraid of. When we're willing to step out, there's so much reward and goodness and favor 
out ahead of you because it's like catching up to your good. Will you just simply believe that you go from strength to strength and glory to glory, that life gets to get better for you? It's when we fail to believe that, when we fail to trust God, we don't trust in his goodness and his character that we stay stuck and that we want to partner with lesser things. Okay, so something interesting, I'm pulling this from Psalms, actually, (laughs) but it's coming from Psalms 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will, God. Yes, your law is within my heart. Okay, so it's really, really interesting, but we all have in us this innate desire to know God to be led by God, to hear him, to do his will, right? And God really wants us to hear and obey him. It actually says in John 10, verse 27 through 30, my own sheep will hear my voice and I know each one and they follow me. So God is always speaking to me. It could be a new declaration for you. But God really does want us to hear and obey him. And according to Psalm 40, verse 6, he has given us the capacity to do so. In fact, God delights in the atmosphere of our obedience. Naturally, it does not do God any good to talk to us if we're not going to listen and obey. So sometimes just... The mere fact that we're not willing to listen, to create space to be still and know, or follow through on that and obey him at his word, why would he keep talking to us? Just a thought. You know, there are silent seasons where it's testing our faith, but sometimes God's not talking because we're not obeying, okay? So I love, I think it's Joyce Meyer that shares a story about how she really wanted God to talk to her for many years, but she wanted to pick and choose what to obey. (laughs) It was like selective hearing. She wanted to do what God said to do if she thought it was a good idea. But if it wasn't, she didn't want to submit to what she was hearing. So she could easily pick and choose what she would do and what she wouldn't do. God has given us the capacity to both hear him and to obey him. And obedience is the greatest sacrifice that we can make to him. And some of what God says to you will be exciting. And other things might not be so thrilling to hear. But you can be assured that what God tells you will work out for your good, will, if you will just do it his way. So, an example. If God convicts you that you are rude to somebody and instructs you to apologize, it's pointless to answer back, well, that person was rude to me too right? If you talk back with excuses, you may have prayed and even heard, but you've not obeyed, right? Instead, apologize. Say to that person, I was rude to you and I'm sorry. Now you've obeyed. Now God's anointing can flow through your life because you're obedient, okay? Really, really, really think about this. I was listening to a minister one time who said that One of the ways that he taught to really hear from God and to be led by God was super simple. I pray and I obey. I pray and I obey. I pray and I obey. Right? And I've also seen other people really upset by how simple that is. But 
This minister who shared that advice, his ministry grew so large, right? That's all he was doing, though. He just kept praying and obeying. And when I've even looked at my journey with God, that is really the simplest explanation for all the, all the success, honestly. We have to learn to pray, hear from God, and then do what God tells us to do, right? Over the years, I for sure have been seeking God about the call on my life and pressing forward in what I feel he's told me to do, okay? No matter how crazy it sounds, no matter if I feel like it or not, that's the objective. And the essence of it all is that I've prayed and I've obeyed. My obedience has not always been popular with everyone else. In fact, a lot of times I've been ridiculed for different things, right? But to the best of my ability, I've prayed and I've obeyed and it has worked. So something to share today. You don't have to live in fear. You can come to God. And God's plan is not hard. His will is not hard. We make it hard. Like everyone else, I have made mistakes, but I've learned from them and pressed on, and you can do the same. Failing does not make you a failure. A person is a failure only if she gives up and refuses to try any longer. That's not you. If you want God's will for your life, you've got to annihilate fear. And instead, what you can do is pray and obey. These are the simplest directions I can offer today. Pray and obey. God has given you the capacity to do both. Prayer is conversation with God, creating space to share with God, to receive from God, to listen, to hear from God, to meditate on his word. And whatever the Holy Spirit lights up to you, whatever the Holy Spirit highlights, whatever direction you're given, obey that and keep doing that over and over and over again and watch what opens up to you. Watch what becomes accessible and available to you. Watch how your life changes simply by you being willing to delight in doing God's will and keeping it very simple. You do not have to live in fear. You have an alternative that leads you to the good things that God has for you. He promises good things for you to give you a future and a hope, not evil. Good plans, and those are out ahead of you if you're willing to simply believe, pray, and obey, and keep working that. Keep it simple. All right, everybody, I hope this message blessed you. I look forward to connecting with you inside Courage Co. for the prayer call on Wednesday morning and also for the Activate Courage Masterclass. Both are free. You can get them in Courage Co. www.courageco.org. Until next time, everybody, stay blessed. Listen, if you are not plugged into Courage Co. yet, what are you doing? Courage Co. is a faith-based community off social media that you can access from your phone or your desktop literally from anywhere. It is a safe place and a sacred space for you to invest in and live your most courageous and impactful story. You can join us for free for prayer calls and challenges, for a monthly subscription where we have monthly masterclasses, or the God's Vibes Mastermind where you will get live master life coaching at a price that you won't get anywhere else. 
12 weeks of content that we will go through together or you can navigate at your own pace. You'll have lifetime access to that. A community of women doing this alongside of you, a workbook and so many other materials to help you on your journey. And I just want you to imagine for a second, having the courage, clarity, and focus to achieve anything you desire. Walking into any situation, fully confident, knowing you have everything you need to succeed. Embracing challenges and overcoming obstacles with grace and ease. Feeling only love and compassion for others, no matter how they may have hurt you in the past. Standing up for what you believe in and taking unstoppable action to create the kind of world you want to live in. You're in the right place to take your next step on your journey. When you plug into the God's Vibes Mastermind, I'll teach you how to identify and eliminate the self-limiting beliefs and habits that are stopping you from getting the results you want. I'll teach you how to heal old wounds that have negatively impacted your self-image and self-esteem for far too long. I'll show you how to dismantle the story of who you are and what you can or cannot do in the world. I'll help you expand your consciousness from fear-based limitation to love and compassion and service to the world. I'll help you vanquish the inner enemies that are stopping you from being all that you can be. Release your victimhood and reclaim your power. Develop a aligned mindset and habits to boost your productivity and results. Gain deeper awareness of your own inner light and divinity and achieve the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual self-mastery needed to achieve any goal. You will learn how to think the way God formed, shaped, and anointed you to think and succeed the way he always intended and show up in any situation as the most powerful person in the room, no matter what challenges might appear on your path. If this sounds like something that you want to be a part of, I want to invite you to join the God's Vibes Mastermind. You can get plugged into it over at Courage Co. You can access Courage Co. at any level at www.courageco.org. Together, we will awaken your inner warrior spirit and unleash your capacity to achieve any goal you can imagine. You will become an example of what's possible with God.